This week on Three Questions by Corey Kareem. We need to show them that, hey, like, yes, you can be dope as LeBron and make X amount of money, but you can be as dope as this Black CEO and make this amount of money too, right? So that they have the option to see both. Welcome back, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Three Questions by Corey Kareem, the show where we sit down with some amazing people who are doing some amazing things. And that's right. You guessed it. We asked them three questions, sometimes four, sometimes five. I know, I know, I know. Uh, But rather than, you know, focusing on their wins or their successes, um, we talk about their failures, more specifically, the lessons that they learn from those individual experiences. So uh, with that being said, uh, my guest today is uh, Stella Naganda. Uh, She is both a yogi and a web developer, such a unique combination. Uh, Stella has a powerful mission of spreading yoga awareness to kids in Uganda and helping more young Black people get into the tech space. So Stella, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yes, absolutely. I was, and for, for everyone listening, uh, so I met Stella at the InvestFest conference in Atlanta. I was introduced by my guy, Junior Afori. Shouts out to, to Junior for that. Uh, and so, yeah, how, how, before we even get into this conversation, what was your take on InvestFest? What did you leave away with? What was your takeaway? InvestFest was amazing. It was one of those events. One, I didn't expect there to be that many people there. Mm. It was kind of crazy walking into these spaces and seeing like literally thousands of people, but not just people, like Black mm. people, people that look like me, people that mm. had similar interests and, you know, similar goals in terms of what we're hoping to achieve. Yeah. And yeah, like the speakers were incredible. I was right. so surprised by, I mean, we all know Steve Harvey. We know Tyler Perry. We know who these people are. Dame Dash was actually his like whole stage presence was just mm-hmm. amazing. Just like how laid back he is, but also how much value he brought to the table. So it was so yeah. nice actually seeing them live and watching. Yeah, just hearing their stories from like that raw perspective. Like I'm very much into looking at like celebrity interviews, breakfast club, things like that. But it was just very nice to actually see them in person and yeah, hearing their story and being yeah. inspired by that. Yeah, I, I share a very similar sentiment to you. One thing is I did miss the Dame Dash, which I'm sad but you know why is because, to be honest with you, I didn't come, I didn't go to InvestFest to really listen to people speak on stage. But the, with the exception of, of a few, like the Tyler Perry's I, I wanted to hear, uh, the Don Peebles I was interested in, and a mm. few others. Uh, but for me, I went there because I wanted to meet people like you. So a lot of times I was like, I got to divide my time. So I was like out in the hallways just meeting and talking to people, networking. And that's where I met a lot of people was like during those sessions in the hallway. So it was just like, I had to like give or take. And unfortunately I did miss uh, Mr. Dame Dash, but um, I'm glad you got a lot out of it. Yeah, that's great. Awesome. So let's get into this. Uh, So my first question for you, Stella, is how do you get started in both uh, tech and yoga? Like what ultimately inspired you to 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 do both of those things? Honestly, it's funny. They're two very different journeys, just mm-hmm. in terms of 
how I ended up there. So one is very much ego based. Mm-hmm. Another one was like almost a matter of desperation. Interesting. <laughs> so almost two polar opposite. So when it comes to yoga, um, growing up, I did a lot of cheerleading. I was an NCAA cheerleader. Get out of here. What school? I went to Cleveland State. Oh, get out of here. I, I, I used to live in Ohio. So, okay. Oh, I got some, I, yeah, Honestly, I used to live. I used to live in uh, Dayton. Uh, that's okay. where my, my family okay. lives. Dayton, Ohio. Shout out. Shout out. But yeah, I love that. I love that. I love Ohio. Okay. Um, so, yeah, like I went to I, I mean, I've done cheerleading my whole life, whether mm-hmm. it was high school or competitively. Like at one point I was doing cheerleading six days a week mm. in high school. And so when I all of that kind of stopped, I was like, okay, well, what now? Like, what can I do to not only like keep up with like my athletic abilities and things like that, but also mm-hmm. like to be somewhere where I felt like I belonged. So like right. I didn't want to do dance. I didn't want to do any of those things. And I randomly stumbled. I was in Stockholm mm-hmm. like 2007, I think. I stumbled upon like a yoga class at like a fitness, like almost like a good life right. um, over there. So it wasn't like a specific yoga studio, but it was mm-hmm. a yoga class. And I was like, okay, let's try this out. I was with my best friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, we took the class and I was like, this is feeding my ego <laughs> because mm-hmm. like with the flexibility and all that mm-hmm. stuff, I was like, oh, I'm so good at this. <laughs> got it. Got so it. So that was kind of like what started me in that journey. And it's funny because yoga is the polar opposite of that. <laughs> like mm-hmm. yoga is not feed, like you're not supposed to feed your ego. You're not right. supposed to like kind of engage in all of that stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. For me, it was very much, yeah, like I ended up there because of my ego. Mm-hmm. But then over time, it's like my ego is not to say that's like, yeah, it's basically one of the things that I've learned to kind of get rid of through the practice, which right. is nice. Right, right. And it's a funny thing. Uh, so Junior introduced me, not introduced me to yoga, but I he was uh, opening up like a, a fitness studio and he had yoga classes. And f- from when I was in college, so I went to college in New York and um people like I had a boy he used to tell me so much hey Corey you should do yoga you should do yoga and I was like man that's for like soft people like, it's so easy I'm like yoga come on come on many 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 years later finally do my first yoga class during the pandemic 2020 and uh I was like whoa what what <laughs> I was like this Wait. is a lot <laughs> harder than I thought it was going to be like wow and you know what I'm, I'm glad I had that experience because now because you know I primarily got into it because I, I I tore my Achilles uh just before the pandemic maybe like four or five months and it just showed me the value of just stretching and then so yoga allowed me to kind of lean more into that and now I keep and I do a few of those exercises continuously even though I haven't been to a class in, in, in a while. So th- that's my, that's my little uh, connection and, and story. I love uh, that. Love that. Now let's talk about the tech side. Like, how did you, how'd you get into tech? So tech was, tech is one of those things, like I've always kind of been interested in it. So it started with really MySpace. Mm. Um, it was like back in the day, MySpace, people would tap my shoulder all the time when it came to like the scrolling backgrounds, the music mm. in the back, graphics images whatever and that's really where it started for me so a lot of people were like hey I need your help how can I do this I would go in modify the html code and remove things and that's really where it started that was like my first experience with coding and then fast forward several several years obviously because myspace is (laughs) long gone Mm -hmm. Um, 
I was, I went to Canada learning code. I was working at a tech company in Liberty Village. Mm-hmm. And one of my friends, husband, now husband, uh, was working as a teacher at Canada learning code. Mm-hmm. So I decided he was teaching the women's learning code segment. Right. We should go check it out. Like they do HTML, CSS, like it's super basic. I think it was like a three day, two day course. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, yeah, come check it out. And I was like, I'm down. Took that course. And then from taking that course, it ended up being me being taught in their condo in Liberty, where he would mm-hmm. just want sessions with us. Um, I think we did probably about five or six sessions before like that kind of ended. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, let me just continue on for fun at home. Mm-hmm. You know, like when I find the time, like this is interesting. It's like small little things. And of course, it was very reminiscent of like my high school days and like on MySpace, right? Right. And then the pandemic hits. Mm-hmm. And I was working as a full-time agent in Toronto. So I was working as a real estate agent selling Mm -hmm. real estate Mm -hmm. and um, everything stopped for us. Like we couldn't showings, we couldn't do anything really. And like on top of not being able to do much, I was also very like afraid of like what was going on. I was like, I don't want to leave my house if I can, you know? Right. Um, And that's when I was like, I've always kind of been like those last years in my real estate career, I was like kind of in and out, didn't know if I wanted to stay in the business. And then I was like, you know what, this is my, the perfect time to kind of like really like these skills. Yeah. Right. Right. I literally spent like 12 hour days. Like I was up to like three in the morning coding, listening Mm. to music, coding, watching tutorials, coding. And then I put my portfolio and started applying. Right. And by June, 2020, so pandemic hit, I guess like March, Mm -hmm. by June, 2020, I got a job. I, Mm. I, I had applied and I remember there was this one company, they had sent me like an inquiry back on LinkedIn and I was like, they never got back to me. Right. So followed up and they were like, yeah, we are still looking. If you're interested, let's interview. And then the rest is history. And here I am. (laughs) Uh, That's amazing. I love, I love that journey. Cause one of the things I always try to tell people is like, you know, for most of us, our path is not going to be linear. Like you, you'll bounce from one thing to the other. Mm-hmm. Um, there will be these kind of like weird kind of connections. And that's why I always tell people to not think so. Don't, don't think in such a linear fashion when it comes to their journey. You never kind of know what one door would lead to. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I love to hear like, you know, how you kind of just leaned into your kind of natural interest and then, mm-hmm you know, the pandemic happened, which is like, I feel was like a low key necessary evil uh, for a lot of things. Cause it allowed people like yourself to kind of explore certain passions that they were thinking about and, you know, go full time and, or go full force into it. So hmm. that's a great story. Now I have a question for you being that you have a tech background, uh, you're a yogi. Do you have any aspirations of kind of combining the two? Has that ever been a thought? I haven't really thought about that Um, just because the way that I see it, I feel like yoga um, should be accessible to any Mm. and everyone. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when it comes to um, tech, there's definitely limitations with that. Right. And who has access to tech and technology and even the viewpoint or standpoint, like you might have a device, but do you understand what's going on like behind the Mm. screen? Um, So no, I haven't really thought of that. Like for me, yoga has just been like, a no equipment, no, like kind of like you said, like I still adopt these practices where I have like right. my stretching sessions or whatever. So I've never really thought of that. No. Right. Cause the reason why, I, why, I, why I thought of it is because this week, literally uh, in my office, we had 
virtual meditation. And so they brought in the Oculus headset, you know, from Meta and it was meditation or you could choose yoga. And I was just like, oh, this is pretty cool because, you know, I've been trying to get into a steady kind of cadence with meditation when it's really hard for me. And, you know, the, the ability to put on a headset and kind of put you into this space that looks pretty close to real, it, I feel like it just helps you, you know, kind of get into that, that, that mindset that you need to, 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 uh, you know, to, to meditate. And so that's why I just thought of like, Hey, maybe there's a way mm-hmm. to, to merge these two. Cause obviously Oculus has their thing, but you know, if for, when you brought up the word accessibility, you bring up a good point. So I was like, what if there was a way that, you know, you could create like a, a, a center or something like that, where people could just come in and have that experience and that way that would be more accessible. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And I feel like that's the beauty of like mm-hmm. people in the tech space and like how that's kind of changing and how we're merging the two, right? Because especially mm-hmm. like with the pandemic, we saw a lot of like mm-hmm. teachers being like, okay, well, how can I continue my practice? How can I continue to reach out to my students? And they right. leaned back in right. order to make that happen, right? So there definitely is power in the fact that there are these tools out there. And right. I totally agree with you. I think it's so great, especially if you are, starting out um, mm. and building your own practice. It is very nice to have like guided meditations, teachers. Right. That you can like I, I love the fact that like, there's so many apps that I use personally where there's mm. meditation apps or things like that. So there definitely is a great, um, there's a great like overlap mm-hmm. uh, already. And it definitely can continue to be built on. It's just not something that I myself have like sought out to do. Like I, I definitely love like the in-person connection and just, yeah, right. the no devices, the no. Right. T- yeah, right, hundred percent. I, I definitely feel it. Yeah. Uh, so moving on to question two. So why is spreading yoga awareness in Uganda uh, important to you? Yeah, uh, such a good question. So I work. I'm a certified yoga teacher, and mm-hmm. I teach kids yoga in Uganda. Mm-hmm. Uh, I teach to at-risk youth in the inner cities. And um, when I first started teaching, it was literally just me trying to escape pandemic winters in Toronto. I ended up in Uganda um, and then kind of fell upon this opportunity to teach kids. And then I realized that a lot of the kids I was teaching, I mean, it didn't take me long to realize it was like, as soon as I got there, I was like, well, they don't have yoga mats. They have nowhere to practice. Like, how do we do this? Right. And like I mentioned earlier, yoga is very much no tools needed, no equipment needed kind of thing. So It wasn't a huge issue, but I definitely saw an issue with the fact that like just from a safety standpoint, like they mm-hmm. weren't like they were practicing on like almost like rubble or rocks and things right. like that. Um, but they had such a dedicated practice. So for me, it was more the importance of bringing that to the region was like. I I I know how difficult the pandemic was for us here mm-hmm. in the Western mm-hmm. world. And when I came to Uganda, I noticed that like these kids, they because of the government down there, they were on lockdown for way longer than they needed to be. And these are kids that are like in public schools, Mm -hmm. like the private school kids. Like if you had money, money talks in Africa, if you had money, schools were back open, private schools were back open, things like that. But kids that weren't in these, you know, super expensive private schools, international schools, they were the ones that stayed home for like, I want to say it was almost like a year and a half. Yeah, like way too long. And for me, I was like, what toll is that having on their mental health? Right. Um, When it comes to like with the pandemic, all that stuff, the lack of 
opportunity or things for kids to do. It was like they were resorting to other things, right? Mm-hmm. How are we going to make money? Let's steal. Let's, you know, mm-hmm. do something we're not super proud of, whether it's like, you know, prostitution, things like that. And I just wanted to figure out a way that we could like bring yoga and like also spread yoga awareness in the sense where it's not stigmatized and it's right. not attached to religion where people mm. like shy away from it. Right. But so lean into it in the sense that like, this is actually helpful because I'm just, I'm like tuning in more to myself right. and working on my inner work right. so that as you face those adversities in the world, like as that comes up, as it naturally does, you have a better foundation in which to tackle these issues or these problems or as life kind of like, you know, keeps throwing you rocks. So I wanted them to, the importance for me was really just like ensuring that there's more than just, you know, whether it's religion or Mm -hmm. things like that. Like I wanted to implement a physical practice for these kids, but also something where they can, yeah, stay active, move their body, super important, do something outside of like the regular house chores and things like that but also at the same time, strengthen their mind, strengthen their willpower um, and just, yeah, their ability to, you know, execute on the right decisions, you know, make those, make those calls and know that they're like coming from a place of intuition instead of just a place of like, oh, well, this is what I want right now. So therefore I'm going to do it, or this is what I need. You know, yoga is very much, it builds a lot of resilience mentally, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of people say yoga is so easy, but like try holding a pose for five minutes and tell mm. me, like, you know what I mean? Like it's a lot of mental work, right. but it's like, once we can overcome that and we know that like, we can quiet down the mind, we can guide ourselves through difficult times um, and kind of aid and assist in our, like, you know, our, our nervous system in terms of really calming that down. Um, I feel like it's so powerful because you can use that anywhere. You can use that at work. You can use that at school, you know, things right. like that. Right. Yeah. And, and what I love, what I like about what you did is, you know, you use the word accessible and, you know, the pandemic was a difficult time for a lot of folks, some more than others. And, you know, bringing a practice like yoga uh, to a country where it's not the norm and allowing kids that don't necessarily don't have the means to try this new avenue, this new practice to help alleviate, you know, mental tension or stress or whatever it is. I love that fact. So, you know, this podcast is is all about, you know, um, how people overcome failure or difficult times and things of that nature. Because I understand that Failure or coming over obstacles is something that we all go through, irrespective of how successful we are and where we are in life. So with that being said, uh, tell me about a difficult time in either your career or personal life and how did you get through it and what did you learn from that experience? How much time do you have? (laughs) Where do we start? (laughs) Um, No, but... I mean, life, life does what life does. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the reality. I don't feel like anyone, like you said, is immune to difficulty. Right. Um, I'd say definitely one of my most difficult times was when I was 12. Mm. Um, my dad, unfortunately, passed away due to a, it's basically an armed robbery. Mm. Where, wow. um, yeah, it was an armed robbery on my grandma. My dad intervened and ended up getting shot in the process mm. and died later in the hospital. Um, My dad was living in Uganda at the time and I was in Sweden. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And yeah, I'd say that was definitely one of not only just the most difficult, but one of the hardest things to process. Right. Because I was so young, because it was like, you know, I got a knock on, I was at my friend's house playing. Mm-hmm. And I remember I got a knock on the door. It was like, you have to come home. She lived like literally next door to us. Um, and like my brother was there. I have like really like faint memories of it, but my brother was there with my mm-hmm. older brother, which I'm not that close to. So I didn't mm-hmm. see him too often. So the fact mm-hmm. that he was like in my house was very weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I got the news that like my dad had passed away. And mm-hmm. it was one of those things where it's like, it's in, it's difficult initially, but it like continues to present mm-hmm. different levels of difficulty mm-hmm. as you kind of like grow. And as you go through life and as you, Right. You know, have moments, whether good or bad. Right. Um, so yeah, that's I mean, it's something I will always have to deal with, right? It's like right. I will get married one day and he won't be there. Right. And like that. So um, in terms of like how I've overcome it, it's like just knowing that life is really not guaranteed. Mm. Um, there's so much like, and I do this a lot, and I constantly remind myself, I'm like over planning. Mm. I'm like have to do this I have to do that or I'm stressing out about this like I remember the other day I was crying to my mom and she's like girl you why are you like you're thinking too far ahead mm-hmm. and that's right you know because it's like I it constantly reminds me of like where nothing is guaranteed like don't take people for granted don't take your time right. for granted. Right. um you know do what you can with the time that you have but also like you know just live live your life like it's mm-hmm. not that deep right <laughs> it's really not that deep a lot of the stuff that we worry about even now I'm, I'm kind of going through some like career stuff right and it's like it's very stressful because I was telling my friend like my identity how I identify myself and like so much of myself is tied into my career right mm-hmm. and I'm just like damn is it really that deep no it's not but it's like right. we make it into this thing and it's like I always try to just remind myself of like everything can change in an instant 100%. You know, and we, we can't just sit and expect things to be constant, be linear. Like there is no such thing, but it's like, as you encounter these things, like how do we not only just overcome, but how are we grateful for the moments that we have had right. with people, places, things, right? Um, when we're eating, are we enjoying it? Are we present in that moment when we're drinking mm. our coffee? Are we present in that moment when we're having right. interactions with people? Are we valuing and appreciating the time that they're giving us? Like you are here for a reason. You are here giving me your time. And I have to respect and understand that, like, I can't take that for granted. Right. Um, Mm. So that's definitely the lesson that I've learned there. Yeah, I I love it. You hit on so many keynotes there, man. So let's let's peel back the layers there. So you mentioned that uh, life is life. And that's something I actually said, like, literally last week. And life is not guaranteed, which is something we all intuitively know, but do we kind of live our life from with that kind of frame of perspective? Now, you know, you share something that's similar to me where you're a bit of an overthinker, right? You try to, 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 to plan or over plan, as you stated. I fall into that trap sometimes. And I figured out during the pandemic, like learning how to let go. And so one of the things I discovered is to only focus on what you can control and learn to let go of everything else. And here's what I also discovered in, in understanding that is that letting go is a skill, right? Mm-hmm. And now we're all 
we're all gifted in areas where letting go in some areas is not that difficult, but in other areas, it can be really difficult, right? And then you talked about, you know, going back to the life is not guaranteed part. I remember in 2020, um, I had this like premonition. I won't call it a nightmare because it ended up actually being like an impactful thing for me, at least mentally. And I had this very deep, deep like dream that I went to the doctor's office and they told me I only had six months to live. And it was so real and it was so vivid. I like woke up and like almost sweats, uh, you know, sweating, if you will. And then I thought to myself, okay, it's not, it's not real, but what if it was real? Mm. And if it was real, what would I start doing? What would I stop doing? Mm. And what would I do differently? And every now and then, whether it's like monthly, quarterly, what have you, I kind of I kind of run that game with myself and do that kind of mental kind of check in. Mm-hmm. And that's helped me to be more intentional about what I do in my life. It's helped me when I feel like I'm being a little bit lackadaisical. Help, it, help me, it helps me to kind of sharpen it and be more you know, not aggressive, just, again, more intentional. So I, I love the fact that you brought that up and obviously being present in everything that you do, like, Hey, we're giving each other our time right now. So that's valuable. Be appreciative of what you have. Yes. Things will ever flow, but be respectful and appreciative of what you have. So I love that the fact that you brought that up. Um, so yeah, that was beautiful. And you hit it right on. Uh, my last question that I ask you here is actually, actually the second last question, uh, black in tech. What has What's, what's been your experience like and what do you believe needs to happen to get more black folks in tech? Because I understand that's, that's a part of your mission in, in life. Yeah, definitely. Um, black in tech, my experience has been interesting for sure. Mm. I work at a company where I'm the only black woman. I'm the only woman, but mm-hmm. I'm also the only black woman. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it's definitely been, it's been, yeah, it's been hard but also interesting and beautiful at the same time being able to navigate mm-hmm. this space I feel like I definitely have a certain like I, I'm definitely resilient I'm able to you know take things on the chin when time mm-hmm. comes and when it's needed um so there's but definitely been a lot of those moments um when it comes to bringing people into tech what I think really needs to happen and it's funny I was having this conversation last night with someone. And I was saying, you know what, we need to stop focusing so much on the programs that we need in schools. Like, yes, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. STEM programs are super important. Mm-hmm. We want to s- students or kids to have access to these programs and being able to pick and choose whether they want to take them or whether it's a forced curriculum, what have you. However, our expectation just doesn't need to stop with kids taking these classes and feeling like that's the end all be all. Mm-hmm. The reality is kids do what they see right? Mm. Um, when it comes to us, we have to be the example for these children. Because right. I didn't grow up with anyone in tech, like in my right. family, my dad was an engineer, but like civil engineer, right? So it's right. like, for me, it was like com- computer science was never even a thought. Like when I was picking right. programs, it was never, never occurred to me. So for me, it's more so we need to be the example for these children, because a lot of, for example, white kids will go home and their parents already work in tech. So whether right. they have or not it's like if they're slowly focused on soccer and then they get to high school and they're like okay now I got to figure it out and whatever post-university their dad's like hey come work at my company right Right. 
while you figure it out, do an internship here. If we don't have access to that or we don't see people in our community doing those jobs, Mm -hmm. it's going to be that much harder for our children to then be interested in pursuing these avenues or these careers. Because the reality is when you're eight, when you're 10, are you really thinking about what you want to do for a living? Not really. Like, yes, we can build on those skills, but also we need to be the the examples, right? right? We need to show them that, hey, like, yes, you can be dope as LeBron and make X amount of money, but you can be as dope as this black CEO and make this amount of money too, right? So that 100%. they have the op- option to see both. And I feel like that's what it really comes down to. I feel like it's up to us to not only like continue in our careers, but also encourage other black people to come in and then just be those examples, be the walking examples. Like it's, right. once again, it's not that deep. <laughs> right. It doesn't have to be more than just like, because if you see someone and you admire them or you see what they're doing, and even if you don't, even if it's just like, ah, that's just the default job, let it be the default job. But if it pays six figures, if it changes the landscape, whether it's in artificial intelligence, things like that, which we know is so important to us as Black people, then let's be that example. Let's be that, like the boring backup plan or just the exciting one too, depending on the child, right? 100%. 100%. I, I think you hit on so many notes there. The, the one thing I will touch on is the representation piece, because I believe for 95% of us seeing is believing. The reason why we over-index in like sports, you know, particularly basketball and football, is because on television, that's primarily, you're, you're seeing a lot of folks look, that look like us, you know, Black folks in sports. So that's what kids are thinking. Well, if I want to be successful, I either got to be an entertainer, or I got to be an athlete. And the reality is you could be so much more than that. But without the representation, uh, there comes to be like a a limitation in belief that they can actually do these type of things. And that for me is like low key why I was. So, you know, I was in the States when uh, Barack became um, president. And for me, my expectations of him was not to like, change the ghettos of America overnight. And uh, I'm not not silly, right? You know, one man is not going to like overtake an entire system that's been operating for, you know, a century or what have you. My expectation was any child that was born between 2008 and 2016 would get to see a Black man running arguably the strongest country or the most powerful country in the world. And now, their thought of what they can become would be greater than a LeBron, no disrespect to LeBron, I love you, or greater than a Kevin Hart or any of those kind of figures. They could like, oh, I could do that because yes. it's been done before. And this is proven like the guy who ran the, the, the four minute mile before he ran it, they thought it was impossible. And then after he ran it, like it was broken like a thousand times since he ran the mile in four minutes. Oh, so exactly. So I totally agree with you there. Uh, my, my last question to you here, Stella, is like throughout your amazing journey in life, what do you believe is the best lesson that you've learned thus far? It's, live your life. Don't take anything for granted. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like I'm constantly taught this lesson because I constantly forget. Mm-hmm. I constantly forget how fragile life is, how fragile our relationships are. Um, yeah. Um, I'm just thinking about my grandma because I had mm-hmm. a very random interaction with her that ended up ended up in us being roommates for like almost two months. Oh, wow. uh, and this was someone like I didn't even know until mm-hmm. she became my roommate and I became a full time caregiver. Um, 
And yeah, it's one of those moments where I'm always like, man, we're, we really just got to be so grateful. We got to be so present, as present as we can be. You know, I know it's hard. We live in a world where it makes it very hard for us to be present, but just like we can't, we can't take things for granted, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but also just like, be be mindful of how you move through this world and like mm-hmm. legacy that you want to leave behind right like what do you want to be remembered as right um, so i feel like i'm tr- i try to be mindful in my interactions with people and like leave value behind right. um and not in a like egotistical like you know remember me because i'm so great but just in a way of like you know let's remember each other. Let's remember this moment that we had together. And like, let's appreciate the fact that like we're two human beings coming together. And like, there's beauty in that, right. Whether it's just like a little interaction as you're passing by someone or like actual mm-hmm. relationship or relationship. So, yeah. Right. I love it. I love it. Cause I value, I've put an overemphasis on uh, trying to nurture uh, relationships all across the board and um you're right man just you know uh be thankful because life is very precious so i i I definitely taking in everything that you just shared right now uh real quick rapid fire questions this is where i ask you three questions you just gotta say the first answer that comes to your mind so the first one is this what's your superpower adaptability adaptability love it uh (laughs) what's What's one hack you use to get over a bad day? Meditation. Love it. And what is the most difficult yoga position for a new person to learn? Ooh. Yikes. Um, probably Shavasana, to be honest. Shavasana is the final pose in the yoga practice. And I mm. find usually um, it's the most simple yet most difficult. And I find usually in my classes, it's like, you know, that's a moment, you're supposed to be a moment of stillness, right. but a lot of people have a hard time sitting still or being still or being within themselves. So yeah. I, I believe that. <laughs> and and real quick, Stella, if people want to connect with you, maybe join your yoga class, just, yeah. con- you know, contact you. How can they find you? Best place is Instagram underscore Stella N. Love it. I love it. Well, guys, uh, as you know, I like to say, if you just want to impress people, Talk about your wins, your successes, talk about all the awards you won, yada, yada, yada. But if you really want to have an impact on someone else's life, talk about your failures, more specifically the lessons that you learn from those experiences. That's how you really move the needle in someone else's life. Uh, So with that being said, Stella and I are out. Peace and love until the next time. Look what?